Welcome to the Gridiron Show post Super Bowl edition. We are in Grimble's Bar, no, what's actually called Gibney's Bar, downtown Atlanta. The hip hop is going, the Pats fans are loving life. It's about 1.45 in the morning. Will Gavin, Matthew Sherry, Ollie Hunter, commentator of Talksport, Ollie Wilson, and of course, the Grimbler. Before anything else, Grimbletron. Can, we, can we get Grimble, the mic in Grimbletron's hand? And just get a first ever Super Bowl and your team win it. How are you feeling right now, David? Well, um, yeah, I won't lie, pretty, pretty ruddy good. It's been, um, I'm sipping on some Bud Light right now. <laughs> Is I've it got, regular Bud Light or Bud Light Platinum? Just regular for now. Platinum. Now. Platinum will be coming. But this is like, I've got to find my mum right now, because she went to Boston when I was 16 or 17, and I was like, just get me any sports stuff. So she came back with a Drew Bledsoe top, like the Pats since then, and now 17, 18 years later, just watched them win the Super Bowl. So, oh. Mama Grimble, it's for you. It's nine Super Bowl appearances. <laughs> nine, nine Super Bowl appearances in 18 years. Six wins in the Brady Belichick Grimble era. That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> Mama Grimble, this is for you. I Mama did Grimble. notice when we came into this place, it's about as close a bar name we could have got to Grimble as possible. I was so happy about that. I am absolutely delighted about it. We've asked one Pats fan how he's feeling. Let's ask another. Sherry, how are you doing, buddy? I'm outstanding. A lot better than last year. I mean, I, I love defensive football, especially in the modern era. I really enjoyed that game, not just because New England won. It was turmoil for a lot of it, but... The main takeaway for me is this playoff run was was Bill Belichick's masterpiece. And I asked Nick Casario in the locker room. The and GM a, of and the a, New England a few Patriots. Of the play, few of the players, like, how much of Bill Belichick's offseason was spent thinking about 41 points in the Super Bowl last year. That's what they give up. In three playoff games this season, the New England Patriots in the first half have given up seven points collectively. Against Philip Rivers, Pat Mahomes, and the Sean McVay offense. I don't think, like, I've seen a couple of reports about it wasn't a great game. I don't think people have fully appreciated what's been done. It's very similar, Will. We watched the two Bills together uh, last, last year, and there was this unbelievable. It was, one of, my, it was one of my favourite days at the it Super Bowl. Was, it was special, man. It really was. So special. It really was. And there was this run with the uh, with the 1990 Giants. Giants. Yeah, the 1990 Giants, in which they held Chicago to three points. They held San Francisco, the Bill Walsh 49ers, to 13 points, and then the No Huddle Bills to 19. And for me, in the modern era of NFL, this playoff run has been exactly the same. I don't want to give Belichick all the credit because I've watched Matt Patricia defenses on the biggest stage not be very good. Brian Flores, Miami, I hope it isn't too early for him. He's a great coach, and I think a lot of the aggression late in the season was was a big reason for this. But, Will, the big thing we mentioned about that too, Bill... I just, I just want to very quickly say, 
wouldn't it be funny if Flores pulled a McDaniels at this point if got totally convinced to stay in the building I'd love and that. just walked away from that job the but then Miami might end up with a Frank Reich type and I don't want that yeah. I think well the big takeaway we watched that two bills and they played base defence the whole game against Chicago and then played only nickel against the 49ers and we were laughing at each other at the time the Patriots this season were in man coverage I think 54% of players and it, they're a great man team they, tonight they play predominantly zone it's still you know it's 30 years later and Bill Belichick is still doing that they have to name a trophy after him. You've got the George Hallis trophy. You've got the Vince Lombardi trophy. You've got the, what's the AFC one called? Lamar Hunt. Lamar the Lamar Hunt trophy. All deserving winners. There has to be something for well, Bill I Belichick. Said, said you on the bus, Will. It'd be hilarious if they named the coach of the air trophy after him, given they're not willing to ever give him it. The Patriots have been to five Super Bowls since Bill Belichick last won coach of the year. Five. <laughs> The best part of that is that one of those was the second one against the Giants. Because there's been four in five years. But people are like, oh, that's not that many recently. You're like, actually, you're going back eight but years I now. I think the other thing as well is, like, you know, I think Bill Belichick thought he owed this one. After last season, Tom Brady, 505 yards. And, and, and he won it for me. Yeah. I said, exactly, I said the same thing on our game broadcast on TalkSport. I think it was so massive to me. It's so clear that they went out and won it with defense after, 12 months after, giving up 41 points to an Eagles offense, which... Hey, careful. Uh, Ollie Wilson is here. Look, <laughs> Foles did a brilliant job. Peterson is creative. Frank Wright, clearly, from what we've seen, is a great coach. But... If you were to take the Rams' offense in their pomp this season when they were playing their best and compare it to the Eagles' offense of last season, on paper, the Rams' offense was a better unit, and yet they gave up 41 points last year and three points this year. Three, three and, points. And, and frankly, it's, it's not like sometimes you see three points where you think, whoa, they left so many points on the field. Outside of the what should have been a touchdown, the McCarty breakup, I can't think of any obvious... Well, we were midway, midway through or early in the third quarter and Ollie hands me a piece of paper that says, you know, there's only been two first downs for the LA Rams. It's like, yeah. I mean, they, they could not move the ball in any way, shape or form. They didn't convert their first third down of the game until four minutes left in the third quarter. They didn't... They didn't Get and even in the then, red zone. Even then, once. it took a spectacular catch to convert it. Yeah. Like, great coverage, pet, unbelievable diving catch. That's what it took to get a first down and third down in this game. Coming up in the show, we're going to be hearing from James Devlin. James White. James White and Ryan Allen. That's who you spoke with, Ollie Wilson. Ollie Hunter, who did you get a chat with that we might have? I spoke to Claiborne, what a lovely guy, really effervescent. Nice. Uh, Obi Melifonwu, I know he didn't play tonight, but Inactive, we, needed, yeah. we needed that for the British. He gets a ring as well, Steph, as does Josh Gordon. Exactly, yeah, he'll get a ring. And actually, he was really in, instrumental with the back end on special teams. And, uh, I, th I know the Patriots' defensive uh, coordinators and the rest of the team 
were impressed with what he did in the back end of the season. So it was kind of key that we spoke to him. I spoke to Cordell Patterson. Um, who else did I speak to? Tooney. I spoke to Joe Tooney, but the audio has been oh, corrupted. No. But there's a great photo which I've tweeted out from yeah, our World yeah. so go and check that out. My little bird has he been... Was, he was the nicest guy. He turned around in the locker room. I said, Joe, congratulations. He turned around, saw it was the TalkSport guys. All three of us stood there. And he just goes, hey, and Man United won today. So, and gave us a fist bump. But it was like... Does that make you his favourite Patriots player? They're all my favourites. <laughs> That's we, how you feel right the big, now. The big thing I would say is, like, it's easy for me to say is I'm a Patriots fan. I get, and I get the people aboard of it. I really do. But at some point, you are going to look back on this in 5, 10, 20 years and say, wow, how astonishing was it to be around when that happened? Like, well, you know, I'm not a Green Bay Packers fan, but looking back 50 years later, I can honestly say I wish I was around to watch the Lombardi Packers. Well, we've and, mentioned and this week about tennis, men's tennis, and how amazing it is to have all of these amazing, yeah. you know, Djokovic, Nadal, Federer together. And in tennis, you appreciate it. Everybody just says, look, if one of those three wins a competition, that's amazing. And it's so weird in the NFL that we don't look at Brady and Belichick in that same way of just revering them we, for the incredible work that they've yeah. done, particularly Bill Belichick, to just get that team back there time and time again. We are ignoring the number one star of the game, of course. And that's that Johnny Hecker kicked the longest punt in Super Bowl history at 65 yards. And actually, if the Rams had come back, when they were three all, and it looked like they might pull off the impossible, because this game was the antithesis of the Falcons game, where you had to have 15 things in a row go right for you. Whereas in this game, between the Hightower interception drop, between the Gilmore when he punched the ball out from CJ Anderson, and it took the wrong bounce and went out of bounds just just out of bounds in time when you had things like the um, uh, the Hogan drop out to the right hand side the James White drop on third down time and time again things weren't going right for the Patriots particularly on the offensive side of the ball and yet they still did more than enough uh, I, we, you have to go down the list and look at some of the records set nine Super Bowl wins uh, nine Super Bowl games Tom Brady six Super Bowl wins for him and Belichick and and what you love is the cyclical nature of all of this. Because even though, yeah, it would have been nice to have had a, a passing of the torch as a storyline, the fact that they do it against the team that they went out and they beat that was the greatest offense, the greatest show on turf. They were 14-point underdogs. They went there and they beat them in a defensive battle. They're doing the same again today. He's 41 years old. OK, Gronk might retire. But honestly, if Brady went for another four years, five years, it wouldn't be a shock at all. And well, it's possible. I still think, I remember sat around a table similar to this with Mike Carlson last year and we were just talking about the game and he said to me, for the first time I thought Bill looked like an old coach. He's just gone up against tonight, arguably the second best coach in the NFL, the hot young coach, the coach who's revolution football with his offence and he's held up to three points. The guy with the most touchdowns this season in the regular season. Yeah. The guy who got the fourth most yards from scrimmage this season. Todd Gurley was an absolute monster. And yeah, he didn't do well in the NFC Championship game. And tonight, we only saw flashes of what Todd Gurley could do. There was one run that he darted back inside and went out the field. There was maybe one or two catches out in the, out in the backfield. But... What I thought was actually really odd is early on for the Rams tonight, 
rather than mixing up the backfield like the Patriots do so well, they seemed to stay with Gurley for a drive and the next one go with CJ Anderson. And it was like, I know they didn't want to be predictable, as in when we've got Anderson and we'll run out of his throat, when we've got Gurley, we'll come out of the backfield. But at the same time, that versatility for the Patriots was so key for them this evening in coming out of gun or out of eye form, having Devlin in and Burkehead in, having Burkehead suddenly put out wide. The versatility and the variation that you saw kept the Rams it's defense on its toes. All over, offense and defense. I mean, another storyline, I mean, they're always storylines, but two years ago, the Patriots didn't give Malcolm Butler a big contract. And they went out and signed Stefan Gilmore, and it was roundly criticized as a move. He was, for me, the best player on the field tonight. I thought he should have won MVP. Well, you say, you say that, had Patrick Chung not broken his arm. He could have been MVP. He could have been, because up until that point, he He'd was incredible. Awesome. Harmon comes in. Is it Harmon or Human? Harmon. Harmon comes in, and Harmon does almost as good a job. Chung was great. Also, but... but, but when Chung goes out, Gilmore massively steps up. I, I, the McCourty twins massively step I, up. I, I and to, then there was that shot to the end zone where there was a busted coverage. McCourty, is it Jason or Devin? Jason. Jason is, I would say, 25 to 30 yards. Oh, when he came the from the right sideline. Oh, Unbelievable. He, it was the Patriots left, the, the Rams right. He comes from out of nowhere and knocks the ball away. It's an incredible play. And... and it, that just shows exactly what this Patriot teams are they're, they're, they're all about. So, they're so mentally tough, though. A veteran group of guys. So they've shown it over and over again. They showed it in Kansas City. Showed it again today. But I mean, Jonathan Jones played a little bit of safety as well. This is what I mean. It's yeah. like this, this witch on it over a cauldron, just blending all these pieces together. And it's as I say, people, people. I understand why people get irritated by it and are sick of it, but by the same account, just watch and enjoy, because I, I would love now to go into a time machine and watch Vince Lombardi. Mm-hmm. I'd love to watch those Packers teams, regardless of whether I have a rooting interest. So, I mean, we, we, we've talked about this before with Ollie, is that to, in the moment, appreciate that situation I think is to ignore what sports fandom is about similar to when similar to when Clancy said it to me on the um, on the group about when we beat the sea when the 49ers beat the Seahawks earlier in the season and it was like good one buddy you've probably just cost yourself the number one overall pick I'm like Clancy you appear to have forgotten how sports fandom works I don't care about the number one pick right now we just beat our divisional rivals for the first time in five years I am on cloud nine right now I don't care and in the same way as a general rule I'm like I root against a dynasty because I love an underdog I love to see a team come out I love to see new teams emerge all of that other good stuff but tonight I really did have to sit back in awe of the job, particularly the coaching job done by the New England Patriots. It was absolutely stunning. It was wonderful to watch. We, uh, you've mentioned the guys in that offensive backfield, who I think all should be mentioned in the MVP. Obviously, the MVP was Julian Edelman. We'll mention him in a moment. Sony Michel, six postseason touchdowns this year. Only Larry Fitzgerald in 2008 had more with sorry, seven sorry, in one sorry, season. Sorry. On this podcast, from now on, I think. Oh, 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 it's magic. No. Is that what you wanted? Sorry. No, I think we need to preface the player that you mentioned with the great 
Larry Fitzgerald. Okay. I was kind of hoping after the conversation with JB Smooth, we could always just, every time Larry is mentioned, you have to curb your enthusiasm. Larry! Larry! <laughs> the other thing on the period, on the season overall. Well done, Matt, for getting us back on track. Sorry. I have never believed less in a period team by week 13, 14, 15 than I did this team. And I underestimated them. And I've, I always think I have a great beat on what they're going to So we're back on the Grenada show. The recorder just died, but we've come back. It's fine. In the meantime, has Grimble come up with any other pearls of wisdom that we need to hear from him? Grimble, how are you feeling at this point, 15 minutes in? Uh, I, did, I forgot to say this earlier. So a few of us went down to the locker room afterwards, which is amazing. Um, but then I got to see Rob Gronkowski naked. And that, uh, he's yeah he he's not messing around. <laughs> so uh, he would be delighted with that. And just so you know, Matt Sherry, earlier on when you when you rolled out that random fact to me, I did use it on air, and it was spectacular. That of course when the uh, when the New England Patriots finally went on that touchdown drive. The Rob Gronkowski had two massive catches on, including the one that got into the two-yard line. It was a 69-yard field, and I'm sure he probably mentioned that in his post-match press conference. Uh, I mean, I, I know the first thing I said to Grimble was, it's time to get Gronkowski involved in the passing game, and they did, it won them the game. But what I've seen on, the, on this team is, like, Ollie, Ollie said to me at opening night, do you think that Belichick's moved the parameters now? He knows they're getting to the postseason, so as he built this season to peak in the playoffs, because you could argue that the periods have always peaked in November, December, and maybe I'm quite as good in the playoffs. And I said, I thought, quite possibly. I mean, he's forever evolving the programme. I spoke to Nick Casario after the game, and he, and he mentioned that. But Ollie, I know none of the players will be drawn on that, but with what we've seen in this playoff run, the periods in the playoffs this year were about five times better than they were in the regular season. They're a different team. So they, different? You, you, you could, if you put them in a different uniform, you would say, and different numbers, hashtag kit watch, <laughs> it would be a completely different team. They, they do different things on defense. They do different things on offense, schematically, throughout the entire of the team. And that's what is so impressive. And I think that's a, to the detriment of the AFC East. It's the detriment to the AFC that the Pats have now decided, do you know what? We will get to the playoffs. I think they were... Well, I think they would do exactly the same in the NFC. They're just too good. I mean, no, you but know... It, it helps massively that they're in a division where they are pretty it much that's a uncontested. Their winning record against both the NFC and the rest of the AFC is exactly the same as their divisional one. Like... You know, no, the division is a cakewalk, though. It is a cakewalk. I mean, last, last season, that division sent its team to the playoffs. There's, there's been a time in this run where it sent... They, they, a fluked, team to the, they fluked a bad team into the playoffs. I there, can't make There's been a, twice in the run where a team has been at the AFC Championship game back-to-back years in that division. Yeah, listen, let's not split it, hairs. They, they it are. is so bad because they're chasing an impossible standard, and so is the rest of the league. The reason they're at such an advantage is because they can switch from being a man team to a zone team for the biggest game of the year and hold the second best offensive football for three points. That's why they're the best. You know what Belichick's doing now? He did it 
I don't know, the last two or three seasons before this, where every game he switches how they play offense. Now they're switching how they play defense so that the, the, the following team or teams in the playoffs have zero idea what they're going to bring on defense. A lot of that is down to Flores, but he's been guided as a, as a coach by Belichick as a head coach, I, I, and it's stunning and, and work. The, I think the reason that you have to give the coaching all the props in this game is you did only score 13 points, and actually... You failed to complete drives. You failed to score points. Goskowski obviously missed that field goal. But Move the ball up basically every drive without ever scoring. Yeah, your third down efficiency was poor. You, like Actually, the Rams defense, and we'll get on to the Rams in a moment, played pretty well. Before we get on to anyone else, though, this has been a very long time coming. I'd like to apologize to Ollie Hunter for ever doubting that Julian Edelman had the potential Sorry, to be who? the Hall of Fame. Julian Incredelman had the potential to be a Hall of Fame level player. Because, okay, it is, if he gets into that into Canton, it's going to be based on postseason record. And it's almost like a, he's almost a specialist. He's almost a postseason specialist. And at no point has he been a top five receiver in the league. And that's why I would argue against it. But there is definitely strong arguments for how good he has been in clutch situations, how amazing he's been on third down. There was, there was a point in this game where Julian Edelman had been targeted in the postseason seven times on third down, and he caught all seven, and every single one went for a first down. The thing is with Edelman as well, like, there's been lots of times also where people talk about his regular season numbers. He's been injured multiple times in his career, season-ended injuries. When he's on the field, I've watched Wes Welgan, I've watched Julian Edelman. Edelman's a better receiver than Welgan. I don't just say that for postseason stuff. He's better both inside and outside. Welga was more of a one-trick pony. Welga has so many more postseason numbers. Doesn't have a ring with the Patriots. We saw, we're in a, obviously, we're still in the bar, but around the bar are uh, hundreds of TVs. Hundreds of ex- exaggeration, but there are a load of TVs. And one of them, it's they're going... It's more TVs than I've maybe ever seen in a bar before. Exactly. On one of them, and plenty of them, they're showing... Uh, highlights of the Super Bowl and they went through Julian Edelman's every single one of his catches and Matt Sherry you said something amazing because Ollie Wilson said how does he get open so much he gets open and it's all about the footwork there are a couple of times where Grant crossing and he drew three players to him but Incrediblement managed to have it open he when he catches the ball when he catches the ball in the open field he uses his feet to make at least five or six uh, it, more yards. It's not just when he catches the ball in the open field as well. There was a third down completion in the first half, I think probably in the second quarter, where Mark, it was third and seven, I think, and Marcus Peters, clearly his job was to jam him off the line. And what he did was just as the ball was snapped, he did a little move straight away, went inside Marcus Peters, and Peters tried to jam him and essentially kind of half missed, half caught the edge of him, and he got then into the middle of the field first down no problem but it do you was know unbelievable what is interesting I'm sorry Matt what is interesting that I think it was Tlaib that was on Edelman in that first half Edelman had 95 yards is that the, the second most ever or in um, in Super Bowl history 
the receiver has had that amount of yards. He's he's had, he's had the most, the he had the most receptions the at seven in the first half. Well, in the first half, seven receptions and at least 75 yards. Well, Tlaib was on him. The second half, Edelman was quieter. That's because Peters was on him. Peters, who we all Peters thought... Peters had a good game, actually. Peters, who we thought... Peters was great. Peters, who we all thought would be the weak link at, out of the two cornerbacks, actually... It was Tlaib. But only, Tlaib was only because he's an idiot. Like, he's still one of the most talented quarterbacks, cornerbacks, sorry, in the league. The thing with Edelman, I had the distinct pleasure of watching this game between Wesley Woodyard and Mike Adams. Humble brag. Who were on TalkSport. No, Bang. it's not a brag. It's a, it was great. I mean, I spoke to them at length the first half and never communicated with them in the second because I was too nervous and I just needed to watch the game. But in that first half, Mike Adams, who is the world's coolest man, never really gets animated, just went to me, slapped me and just went, that room was effing sick, man. Sick. And, and he was talking about the one... There's, there's he like also 20, said like at the end of it and why I Edelman does a little fake inside and then does a runs the out he did, Ollie's nailed that he probably never said like <laughs> I'm sorry mate the whole thing uh, might be a figment of my imagination but point is star NFL defensive players watching that on the field from we're right up in the gods all 22 of you and just admiring a guy's work okay so the big question is and it'll come up Will's just spilt an entire pint of lager or IPA. Not an entire, it's only about half a pint. Enti- it, there's an awful lot of it. Ollie Wilson's uh, mopping up with his hands. I'm doing play-by-play on the spillage of the, la- of the, the IPA. Offensive lineman protecting, yeah. Here protecting we go. this. Um, but the big question is, and it will come up at the press conference tomorrow morning that Sherry and I will be at in six hours' time. Is Julian Edelman, Julian Incredible, and I think he is a Hall of Famer. I think I'll, I'll come in on this rather than Sherry. I think right now there's a case to be made, but I'm not sure it's a strong case yet. If he carries on for another two yeah. or three years and keeps putting up good numbers, then he will be in there. I think he's got two two seasons, but I mean. There's been plenty of other players. I'm thinking of a prominent Steelers wide receiver from the 70s who've basically got in on the strength of just some good players in the postseason. So, I mean, he's, he's got a case. I, I, you, you mean Swan, by the way? Yeah, absolutely. It's Lynn Swan, yeah. Yeah. What did you say? I don't know, really. It's like I was trying to... Try not like to trying to avoid him. the fact that you... Either not trying to offend him or trying to avoid the fact that you, <laughs> that you didn't know his name. It was one of the two. I, I knew his name. I hadn't even <laughs> forgotten it. I mean, I forget names badly, but yeah. So let's ask Holly Wilson, Julian Edelman, Hall of Famer. I think his postseason his postseason numbers obviously stack up with anybody else in the league, arguably. I mean, the difference is is that because you missed the Super Bowl last year, missed four games this year, it showed how much the Patriots missed him. But it also means there's still that little bit left that needs to be kind of filled in. There's a, there's a few more blanks that need to be filled in. Now, if the Patriots go deep next year and Edelman postseason shows up, as he did when he came back, because you saw the difference. The when, thing the when they were relying with the periods though, as well. And I watched them do it with James White at the end of the regular season. 
They are saving guys for the postseason now. There's no doubt about it. They're doing it with White, Gronk and Edelman at times this year. So they're not going to have the regular season numbers. It's right. I, ju- I just think if Edelman shows up and has not a massive year, but has a full season next year of being like a top eight, nine receiver in the league. A and then they, go in the, yards. then they go in the, pro, uh, go into the postseason and Edelman does what Edelman does. Then you've got a big strong case because there are the there is the obsession with numbers and yeah, he yeah. does only have a couple of thousand yard seasons and he doesn't stack up the Pro Bowls and the All Pro and those kind of things which they love to see in the NFL and you mentioned Lynn Swan but Lynn Swan was a different era yeah, yeah. not just as his playing but when he got into like there will be a lot of receivers from back then who will look at the gaudy numbers being put up by guys nowadays who will probably get in the Hall of Fame and think I was as good as them I was just playing in a different era I'll tell, I tell you a guy who might get into the Hall of Fame AJ Green if you played a Super Bowl tomorrow who would you rather have in your, in your team a fully fit AJ Green is right up there. I love Julian Incredible because he has the experience, he's got the know-how, and he gets open. It's got to be him. He, AJ, AJ Green is a, an unknown quantity. It's a tough discussion. I'll tell you why Edelman ultimately won't get in. It's the same thing me and Will discussed earlier. But Will said, just scrap the five years of eligibility for certain guys. If Oh, I'm so for this. The moment Tom Brady retires, Ooh. the moment Drew Brees retires, Bella the Jack. moment Bill Bell, just put him in that season. Don't faff around. Put him straight in. You're 100% right. Is there any consideration that needs to be made that, and someone tweeted at me earlier about it, the fact that he missed some games because of PEDs? No. Yeah. It's not meant to. Well, it, it, nothing off-field, that kind of means on-field, but nothing off-field is meant to affect things like that, in theory. And also, I mean... It does with some days. It does, but it shouldn't. Everything right. else has been modelled. We've barely spoken about the Rams. Yeah, yeah. And... Great work, buddy. The throw to... The, the interception with four and a bit minutes left. I, I think I said to you, Sherry, maybe in Will, that... I thought it was exactly the same play, pretty much as the one before, where it was broken up, it was a brilliant breakup. This time, Gilmore, he saw maybe that it was going to be the same play. He stepped in front, the ball was floated, the ball wasn't thrown Stephon hard enough. Gilmore looked me in the eye and said, I couldn't believe that he threw it. <laughs> <laughs> but I said to Will, I've not, I've not yet, I've, I'll obviously watch the game back. I think that was the only time that the Patriots ran the cover zero blitz that has basically turned around their third down defence all game. And it's again that breaking the tendencies of what we're expected. So I give credit to the, a, a brilliant call at a brilliant time. It was a miracle that Goff only threw one interception. I, right, I'm, I'm gonna, there were a couple of breakups. He had, he had, he had, right, he had a yeah. couple that went, one went through high towers. I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of nicks a little bit us talking too much about the negatives of this game from their perspective there are guys who who didn't deserve to be on a team that lost so badly i mean the guys up front in the defense played really well throughout the game we've already mentioned peters uh, i thought there were uh, there were guys there who looked who looked good right? brockers was the best of that brockers, had, uh, brockers played really really well you're not wrong there at all but 
going forward for the Rams, it's a huge, it's a huge learning moment for Sean McVay, obviously. But I think it's also a, a, a much bigger and more important learning moment for Jared Goff because they spent, like Ollie said on the on the broadcast, a king's ransom on getting him into that building. Sean McVay is the amazing offensive mind who's going to be turning him around. He has done that, and through week 11, he was in the MVP conversation. But that's a couple of bad games now. I, I'm pretty sure that on the podcast earlier this week, I said that Belichick is going to put this game in the hands of Jared Goff and make him do it. And Sherry and I both agreed that after the Chicago game on Monday night, was it a month? It was either Sunday night or Monday. I think yeah, it was Sunday, Sunday night, night football. Yeah. That Jared Goff hasn't looked like a composed, good quarterback, okay. and he's looked really shaky. He's a and they did exactly the Patriots what you thought they would do. They'd say, "Look, you are you are the young stud quarterback. You're going to be the first number one pick to be in a Super Bowl in your first three years in the NFL." Right. Well, go and beat us because you're missing your ideal out route in Cooper Cup, which I have thought towards the end of the season throughout that they have missed Cooper Cup for a yeah, lot of things because that Woods-Cooks Cup combo are a perfect three different levels of the field kind of receiver set that Goff can then pick and choose, especially when he's got McVeigh in his ear and can find his intended target almost before the snap. And he hasn't had that. And I think we saw that being completely destroyed tonight for Jared Goff. I, I, we had a, of, I think Goff is the most fascinating guy in the league at the minute. We had a discussion about a quarter into the NFC Championship game where I brought up, I said, if Goff stinks it up here, the Rams are going to have an interesting decision to make on him because... They've got two years left on his yeah, deal. They, well, they've got one. They'll, yeah, well, they'll, yeah, take, they'll, they'll take the fifth-year option. Fifth option. But... Which is still I, I just cheaper. think, like, the window for me for Jared Goff to win is in this five years because I do not personally think he's ever going to be good enough to win paying him $30 million a year. And I've, I said that to these guys and they all disagreed with me. No, no, what we said was that it was a classic Sherry hyperbole moment, which, it, no, 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 don't shake your head and let me finish before you interrupt. It was because you went from, you're saying, oh, I just said it would be an interesting thing. You didn't. What you said in the group was essentially, if he doesn't play, like, you basically said, if he plays like this, they're going to have an interesting decision, essentially saying that you didn't think he was going to, that they were going to essentially let go of him. They were going to yeah, move on. Well, I wouldn't him. give him the contract. My, my thing is, the modern NFL now, with the way the salary cap is structured, you get a five-year, the best five-year window with them in that five years and if you don't think that you can win paying them 30 million a year you don't re-sign them no matter how the, the example I are. used on the broadcast was the Seahawks because even though I'm not saying that Russell Wilson is the same as Jared Goff what they did when Russell Wilson was on that cheap deal was go out and spend big big money on that defensive line and that's what the, the pass rush was all free agency whilst the corners and the safeties were all draft picks the front seven was yeah, mostly guys they brought in free well, that, agency for big money and that's how they won have done but Russell Wilson elevated the Seahawks in big moments. Jared Goff hasn't done that yet. And I'm not sure he ever will, truthfully. Do you so, not worry by a quarterback that relies so much... On his coach to tell him what to do. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a, a guy problem. that is a human PlayStation at yeah. the end of the day. McVeigh's oh, got the... Wilson, 
I know you've done a whole commentary. That may be the best thing that you've said yeah, tonight. Yeah, it is, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it, it's a guy I who... I mean, that's really harsh on his commentary, but otherwise... McVeigh, great work. McVeigh's the guy on the sideline yeah. with the, the PlayStation controller in his hand, yeah. and he's telling Goff like, what to do, where to go. In Belichick, who says, well, I'm not going to show you what we're doing, and then we might change it after 15 seconds, and you, you get what you got tonight. I mean... But, but, but the thing is, they, it's, it's, not, as sim- right it's not as simple as that because what they do is they set up those plays. So, yes, you have what he's told to do, but they have very specific checks and reads. And, and so if the defense does change to something, they have that already mapped out within the playbook, which as much as you want to say, OK, you're absolutely spoon feeding him. It does still take some intelligence yeah. to make the checks and make Listen, the changes. All I would say is the Rams are never going to have it as good as they had it this year. Sue was a one-year deal. They have to pay more money soon. And they went up against a proper defensive mind tonight and it it got exposed a little bit. And and to be honest, I don't want to sound like... I don't want to sound too critical, but they got really lucky with CJ Anderson in terms of that, that added dimension was something that we hadn't seen with the Rams in terms of a power running back up the middle which took everybody by storm in the last two weeks of the season when, you know, the Rams are trying a little something different and teams maybe aren't playing as hard as that. Or when you're playing the Cardinals and 49ers, the first and second overall picks in this year's draft. Yeah. You can have a little bit of an experiment, guys. And then then you go into playoff football where you're suddenly going, okay, we've not seen CJ Anderson in really competitive games. How are they going to use him? It catches you off guard slightly, especially when Todd Gurley's having a bad day. But then... I mean, as I think, Ollie, you said earlier in the week, with two weeks to prepare for CJ Anderson and then Todd Gurley, you can find a way, particularly when they don't make substitutions and they go one drive with Gurley, one drive with Anderson, one drive with Gurley, one drive with Anderson, you can find a way it's to make sure that doesn't before, happen. Before we get Ollie's reaction to that, what I have loved about this whole podcast is how consistently we've referenced and given props to each other for what we've said throughout this week. Yeah. You said it early. Well, you said this week. Like, is, because what it indicates well, you is only basically remember the good stuff, we right? spend eight weeks, eight days out here being absolute football nerds, yeah. just we're talking about almost nothing else. And as much as the game itself might not have been a barnstormer from a perspective of high Points. scoring yeah. high, and it wasn't just high scoring and high, but actually okay you had the two turnovers the two interceptions both and right down catch. in front of us and the Gronk catch but outside of that the actual big plays crazy moments you know going for it faking a field goal faking a punt whatever it is there was basically none of that in this game yeah, it was just pure execution it was great for the football nerds but Christ it needed some excitement yeah, for the broadcast does anybody does it for me, I love the NFL more than in the season of offense taking over football. We ended it with the lowest scoring Super Bowl in history. Isn't it great? That, I think that's just why I love the NFL. Right. Should we go in the locker rooms? Let's go in the locker rooms. Let's walk there Let's right now. Let's hear the locker room stuff. And then I've got, I've got an array of stories that I want to share from the locker room Ollie has been By biting way, his tongue Take On Me is on and that is a great song so we're going to go I think we're, we're going to go with Devlin oh Devlin was a great chat Ryan Allen and James White I mean I can send you were we going to get anything from you, you or not I've got stuff like I can send stuff alright well talk into the <laughs> microphone you keep turning to me but not I, turning I, I the microphone this, with you I assume this was now a, an off mic <laughs> no, absolutely not about what was going in no this is I Consider that I've got to edit it and that we can put more out next week. 
Yeah, well, I've what got, have you got? I've got so much stuff. Gilmore, uh, Hightower one on one. I have. Let's. Uh, all right, I tell you what we're going to do. We're going to drop all of the locker room stuff. And we're going to pour all in another podcast later this week. Yeah. This is just going to be immediate reaction. I'm going to put it out right now, whoa, and the rest whoa. of it can go out. Do you want my stories? Because I will forget. Oh, yeah, we'll get the stories. Absolutely. Go. Have you got some stories as well? Some interesting ones? Yeah. All right, so we could story off. Mine, mine isn't as good as yours. Here, here, here's my story. I stood up with Nat Coombs, Wesley Woodyard, and Mike Adams, talked about football for half an hour, signed off, and then packed up some equipment. I hugged Gronk. Me and Gronk shared a hug. I said congratulations and he came in for the hug and it was a great moment. I see your Gronk and I raise you a number 12, a Super Bowl champion, who, making his way he through... He hugged you. No, but... <laughs> yeah, but there's no hug, but it is Brady. So making his way through the locker room, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm stuck between a camera and a load of people and he's coming towards me and I'm thinking, oh my God... What am I going to do? What am I going to do? I've got to get out of here, but I can't get out of here. So, Brady says to me, he looks at me, he goes, excuse me, can I just get past here? And I'm like, yeah, of course. <laughs> I just step back, shimmy to the side, he goes past, he says thank you to me, and it was one of the greatest moments of my life. You now love Tom Brady, don't oh, you? Mate, I, I love Tom Brady. <laughs> I don't know what happened. I really don't know what happened. Wilson, what's your uh, what's your story? Oh, my favourite moment down in the locker room was feeling like I'd won the Super Bowl with James Devlin and Joe Tooney. Joe Tooney walks in. I say, congrats, Joe. And he goes, ah, oh, cheers, man. Gives me like a high five said, cheers, and a man. fist bump. Like an American. Yeah. And then, and then he turns around Good and luck. says, and Man United won and gives oh, a fist yeah. bump. And he's like, and then he's just kind of hanging around and we're having a little like back and forth. And then with Devlin, Devlin walks into the locker room and he doesn't talk to anybody else. And all I say is, hey man, did, uh, did Bradley, have you messaged him yet? Because we had this joke earlier in the week because we got some info from his best mate, Bradley Poley. And he goes, oh, yeah. And like, and again, they're like, oh shit. I was like, oh man, like congratulations. He's just treated me like I was one of his mates in the middle of the Patriots locker room after they won the Super Bowl and then we had an interview and he just was really nice about it he gave like a Stonewall's an- Stonewall answers to all the other reporters and was just really friendly just okay, man and we'll hear that interview on the next Gridiron podcast Sherry what's your next story um, I also had my photo taken with those guys no, we're skipping you, mate. Sorry. I told, <laughs> I told everyone about Gronk being big and always. Um, We've heard from Dave Grimble about Gronk. Yeah. He's uh, just nodding along. Do you want me there. to go again? I don't, I don't know if I've got any. Yeah, you oh, go I'm, again. I'm editing, sorry, sorry. I'm editing oh, I've got a one. nothing out of this podcast, to make that clear. Robert, the Ro- swears are staying Robert in. Robert Kraft went up to the McCarty twins. Do you mean Crafty? And he... Uh, he he gave a, a big speech about Jason getting his finally getting his ring. Stefan Gilmore and Jason McCarty <laughs> told a story in which he said in Atlanta he was at the Super Bowl on the field and his mum said touch the trophy he said I'm never going to touch that trophy unless I've earned it and tonight I've got to touch it and he told that story to Kraft and then Kraft 
walked out and just went, and by the way, guys, we're not letting either of you retire. <laughs> well, wow, that is great. That's, that a is, story. Oh, that's a really great story. That's a football story. Uh, I went up to Patrick Chung. Uh, this was all off the record. He was... I didn't want to, in, you know, interrupt. <laughs> it's off the record. <laughs> you you really shouldn't say it on uh, a podcast. Sorry, not off the record. It was off mic. Yeah. And I went up to him and I said, Pat. I called him Pat. I shouldn't have called him Pat. You guys go way back. In yeah, fairness, we go so. way back. And I said, Pat, is it broken? And he said, Yeah, man. Doesn't doesn't speak like that. Yeah, it was the accent. But, but he said, Yeah, man, it's broken. And I was like. Oh, yeah, but at least he won the Super Bowl. And he said, yeah, of course I did, of course I did. At the same time, all of this is happening. He's getting dressed by a handler. And the handler, he, uh, Chung has asked for deodorant. And the handler goes off to get deodorant. Meanwhile, Chung is trying to put on a, a belt. And I can see he's struggling because he's got one hand, one arm. So I'm like, Pat, I'll, I'll help you out. So I go and put on... Patrick Chung's belt. Similar story from me. <laughs> Go up to Trey Flowers and I say, Trey, do you have five minutes? He goes, I do. But first of all, first of all, I need to get my pads off. So he starts saying them off and I can see he's in a big struggle. I tried helping Joe Tooney so with I his just, pads. So I just took them off for him. I just <laughs> got the hands in there. Thanks. Thanks, man. And my next one... Dietrich. I can't do this all night, Ollie. I've exhausted my story. Dietrich Wise Jr., right? Good guy. He's he's late in because he's had to do uh, like a, a sample after the game. Yeah. So he's late in. He's a massive guy. And he sits down and he, uh, he needs help taking off all of By his... By the way, Grimble's just wandered off. See you, Grimble. He, he, I'd be so excited to just have a GoPro attached to his jumper and see what would happen if he just went off on a night <laughs> I, wait, I wait for the words of wisdom that Give come me the back sec- from this. The secret he's life of Grimble. <laughs> Changing the 21s. And they get an Uber outside. The secret life of Grimble, I think, is something we have to do. But So he sits down and there's m- multiple people trying to get off his... Um, strapping around his, around his hands and he's going... Ah, ah. So... There's a big old scrum down the end, and it's Robert Kraft. And I'm like, I'm not getting anywhere near Robert Kraft. So I move back, and he's still there, but this time he's on his own. And I just go up to him, and he, I, I, I'm like, are you okay? What, what's going on? <laughs> Someone screamed. I don't know whether that picked up. Are you okay? What's going on? He, he was like, oh, I'm just cramping up. My hand's really cramping up. Unbeknownst to me, Robert Kraft has finished dealing with the scrum, and he walks towards the back end of the locker room, towards me, and I've got the like the best view of what's going to happen. Kraft comes up to Dietrich Wise, and he's like, he's he's flexing his his right hand because he's he's got cramp. But Kraft stops him and says, "Thank you, thank you so much for what you've done." Shakes his hand. I caught it on camera at Ollie Hunter. It's a great, great moment. It's one of the best pictures that I've ever taken. Beauty. Are there any more for any more? <laughs> Good. Well, uh, <laughs> you go. You go again. We've got to wait for Grimble. I, to come I made. Back so I made James get... White smile, which is whenever he's spoken to the media. Where was the running <laughs> in the locker room? Oh, down oh. near on the, as he went into the entrance, directly on the left. 
Oh, in that little, other little room. But Burkhead's no, 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 not, in the, not in a little room. Just directly on the left as you enter the main locker room. But uh, yeah, good thanks. yeah just as, recording uh, something. Sorry, mate. As we uh, as we walked into the uh, locker room. I don't know what's happening. We've just been approached by. Hey, Atlanta's been good to us this week, so I'm, <laughs> I'm all good with it. The odd weirdo is fine. But uh, as we, uh, yeah, as, as as James White was chatting with me, we actually got him to smile when he's been like deadpan with the media all week. How did you get him to smile? Oh, I asked him if he if he had a little pat on the back moment. for himself yeah. after seeing Sonny Michelle kind of come on leaps and bounds this year and he said hey I didn't do much to help him you know I helped him a bit but I didn't help him much I said so did you help him or did you not and he was like well you know <laughs> he, was, he was good with it he was good with it right I think we're done and as I say that Grimble is just wandering back with another picture that's where he was going yeah, what he was going to get some more beer it's a picture of Bud and, Light uh, and Grimble. he's just gone out of his order yeah, yeah what, what a guy he's what just a got, guy. Up, got another picture Grimble, we are coming to the end of the Gridiron Show. It's been an absolute delight. By the way, I've decided that Ollie should absolutely host the Gridiron Show from now on. He's getting better. When he does it, he's so much better at it than I am. Do you remember I did uh, the old uh, college show? Yeah. Grimble. You did a stunning job of that, by the way. Thanks, mate. That's the only one I listened to all season. (laughs) I edit the podcast, and that's the only one I actually listened to. But you downloaded every other one, right? (laughs) No, I don't mean it, buddy. I download them, that's all that matters. Grimble, you've come back with a, a picture of Bud Light. Before we get everybody else's final thoughts, what is your final thought for the Gridiron Show and Talk Sport in Atlanta? That's a good question. Um, firstly, it's been it's been a great week. These boys, we've we've bonded over over Bud Light, over ones. Over looking in the eyes, over Uber drivers. Um, racist, by the way, was what he meant to say yes, on the last yes. podcast. On the record, racist, wondering. not rapist. <laughs> Nothing happened that bad in the Uber. Um, and the second one, I've got a little story. I mean, racism's horrendous, just to be clear. Because uh, I heard you all talk about hy- hyperbole earlier. Advocating racism. And I told the boys, I told the boys this in a cab on the way back from some random wrestling thing we went to. I'm, I'm actually quite intelligent. I know I probably don't sound like it, but I'm quite intelligent. But for 32 years of my life, I thought hyperbole was pronounced hyperbole. Um, and then the night I found out that it wasn't called hyperbole was when Wales beat Belgium 3-1 in the Euros 2016. And I was with a lovely girl called Grace. Um... <laughs> And I've got a few memories on that now. And stuff happened, but the main one is that I learned how to pronounce hyperbole. And with that, and I'll say with no hyperbole, this has been one of the best weeks of my life. Thank you. Grimble out. From Hyper Bowl to Super Bowl, what a week it's been. Dave Grimble, you're a hero. Matthew Sherry, Ollie Wilson, Ollie Hunter, Will Gavin, signing off from Gibney's in Atlanta, Georgia. We'll see you at some point in the next week or so. This has been The Gridiron Show.
When did the word free stop meaning free? Buy one, get one free. Wait six months and then it's free. How about something a little more clear? When you buy car or home insurance, you can choose a free gift with Confuse.com rewards, like green flag breakdown cover, a £20 Domino's or Halfords voucher, or a Now TV pass. Don't be confused. Be Confuse.com. Available on single annual policies, Now TV 18+, plus, full T's and C's online.